<laughs> it just appeared out of nowhere. Boom. Hallelujah. Man, it's good to see you guys this morning. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Um, let's pray real quick. Dear God, we thank you right now that uh, you are with us. Uh, you say that you reside in us. And, Father, that we sit at the right hand of you with Christ Jesus. We're there. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And, Father, for uh, Jane and those in Ukraine right now, Father, we we send your blessings ahead. We send your protection ahead of them. We uh, ask for your supernatural protections that those that you would have would be so much greater, so far greater than those that are around them right now. That your minions and your your warriors and your your uh, ministering angels would be with them right now. And more than all, give them comfort as they hear the bombs, as they feel the shaking, as they hear the sirens. They lose courage. Father, we speak an increase in courage in them right now. We speak an increase in hope in them. And, Father, we thank you for We thank you for them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So uh, I kind of struggled with the title to this message, Reasons Not to Be Discouraged. And, And... it comes from Galatians 6, 9. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit before we get into the Scripture. Uh, but, you know, here is, there are some ways here to not get discouraged, some reasons to not get discouraged. And it's easy to get discouraged. I mean, think of how easy it is for any of us to get discouraged. First of all, just turn on the TV. And so you turn on the TV, and it's easy to get discouraged. Brian was talking about it this morning. And... Uh, and it's easy to see what's on the TV and just immediately think, oh, my God, there's no hope. You know, we, gas prices are going up, supposed to go up this, this next week, the highest that they've been uh, since the hurricanes. Food prices are out the roof. I couldn't even find chicken breast in the store the other day. I had to go with thighs, which is fine, but I mean... Things are getting scarce. Try to get parts for a car. I made it a, an appointment for my truck, but I had to make an appointment two weeks out because they said they don't have the parts. So you got to wait two weeks to get the parts. Thank goodness it's a drivable, it was a drivable issue. But, uh, but you can get discouraged because you should just drive up and get it. Uh, how about uh, doctor's appointments? I didn't realize that doctor's appointments are so hard to get anymore. You, you can get discouraged. And when you pick up the phone and talk to somebody about a doctor's appointment, well, is it important? Well, of course it's important. I wouldn't be calling, right? It's easy to get frustrated and discouraged to try to get appointments. Um, have, you, have you tried to hire somebody lately? George, have you tried to hire somebody lately? Yeah, it's hard to do. And you can let things pile up, and all of a sudden, before long, you're discouraged. Um, How about family issues? I don't know about you guys. I'm sure nobody has family issues. Maybe just me. But they can discourage you because of all the pressure you've been under constantly for a couple of years now. 
Issues with finances, nobody has them. Issues with health, nobody has them. Discourage. Dis means away. Away, courage. Now, this is just one verse I'm going to be talking about. And I'm going to take this verse apart. It's got a couple of parts. But I'm going to give you some reasons not to be discouraged. And when you think about these reasons that I'm going to give you, what it should, what it should help you understand is to be encouraged. Because if you are discouraged, there's results to being discouraged. So I want to show you the results of not being discouraged, or I want to encourage you. When you leave today, I want you to be encouraged, not discouraged. I want you to be encouraged so when you go outside of these walls... When you get away from here, you can realize that there's going to be things out there that are going to discourage you. But I want you to know you're going to say, no, 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 I'm not going to be discouraged because I know the results of being discouraged. So here's the, here's the scripture. Let us not become weary in doing good. This is Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up how many times have you wanted to give up how many times have you been close where you said i'm just going to throw in the towel i'm just going to give up it's, it's not working it's it's just not working you give up you faint you grow weary you quit you weaken you get exhausted you get discouraged has it ever happened in your life? I know you can probably think like I can of times when you got discouraged and you just wanted to, you wish you could bury your head in the sand. Tracy and I have talked. Uh, we had uh, some health issues with our child, our children early in life. And there were times that it was so stressful on us. There were times that it was so hard that we really each individually came back and talked to each other and said, you know, I just wanted to get in the car and just drive and just daydream and drive as far as I could until I ran out of gas. We didn't want to go home. We didn't want to go back to the doctor. We didn't want to even face each other with crushing discouragement. It can happen. And I want you to know something. That discouragement can keep you from things. Discouragement can keep you from doing things. It can keep you from doing things. Listen, the first thing it can keep you from is from developing. Discouragement can keep you from developing. It can keep you from developing physically, mentally. And I want you to think of us here in church. Discouragement here in church can keep you from developing spiritually. There's been a lot of teaching this morning about the things that we have to do as we continue to move forward in the fight for Jesus Christ, in the fight for good and right, in the battle that is ahead of us. The battle is the Lord's, but we are his servants. And, and, and here's a good scripture I want you to think about because it can keep you from developing. When I think of development, I don't think of developing houses and that sort of stuff. I think about personal development. And, 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 and um, through my life, I've been through a long process of continual personal development where it never stops. I, I just don't give up. I'm not going to quit. 
I'm going to develop more and more and more. And when I think I've got somewhere where I've developed, I think, oh, I need to be over here. I need. To, it's not like a, a test, but it's like I need to get there. And I'll see someone that's really developed, and I'll say, man, that guy's developed. It's amazing. I uh, was talking to a gentleman yesterday afternoon. My brother Frank and I had went for a ride and uh, stopped and saw a man that had known my dad and mom for a long, long time. And he was in a men's group with my father. And he talked about my father, and he said, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about your father. Now, I remember he's tore me up with a belt and a shoe a couple times. But I really couldn't say anything bad about him now. You see, he was developed. Fathers, Colossians 3.20, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Embitter means to provoke them or excite them or get them riled up or pick on them. Have you seen the parents who just pick on their parents and uh, their kids in the store? I just, I just can't stand it. It makes my stomach sick. They just want to prove a point with them. You know they can win. They have the power to win. But well, they want to pick on them instead of helping. We see helping them is harder. It takes more time to develop a relationship, to explain why you're doing the things you're doing. It's just easy to cut them off. And, and they may get discouraged and give up. And I mean, time after time after time, you've seen the parents. You may know the parents. They just stir them up and challenge them. And they needlessly get beaten down. They get discouraged. You know, the same can be true of your spouse or your friends. Think about how we communicate with each other. We can discourage each other on how we deal with each other. In this fellowship, if we're not careful, if we don't guard what comes out, have this little check valve between our heart and our mouth and say, am I going to say that? Should I say that? We can needlessly discourage one another in church. We can provoke each other at work. Or it sure is easy on the other side of the phone when someone's not giving you what they want to jump on them. You can discourage them, but it discourages you. So the first reason to not be discouraged is it keeps you from developing. God wants you to be mature, lacking nothing. Don't get discouraged. Develop to your fullest potential. What your next level of growth can be just one step away. You know, it's, it's harder to do the right thing because you have to go up the steps. It's easy to do the wrong thing because you just slide down. The second reason to not get discouraged is it can keep you from your promise. I want you to think about this for a minute. From your promise. Fear and discouragement together can keep you from your promise that God has promised you. 
You know, God has promised you that he'll never leave you or forsake you in Deuteronomy. He says he has a plan for your life in Jeremiah. He said he'll be with you until the end of the age in Matthew. He says that he'll uphold us with his righteous right hand in Isaiah. But here's one I want to talk to you about. It can keep you from your promise. You know what God has promised you. And if you haven't, if you haven't come into what God has promised you, you need to be deep in prayer about, okay, God, you promised me some things, and I, I want to get them. You promised me some crowns. I want them. I want to start walking in them. In God's promises, you should begin to walk in those promises and not just stand. You should be able to walk and move and develop in those promises. Moses had died, and there was a young man named Joshua who was his helper. I mean, he had been through the plagues in Egypt, been through the Red Sea. He had been through the desert. This young man, Joshua, had followed Moses with a fire at night and a cloud during the day. He had been with Moses through the obtaining of the Ten Commandments and the golden calf. He had been there to get water out of rocks. He had been there with manna raining down out of heaven. And he was coming up to the edge of the promised land, his promise, when Moses died. He was on the east side of the Jordan River, a river that was full flood stage. And they had camped there three days and heard the roaring water. They knew that it was a hard thing to get across there, but just across the Jordan River, just across the river, was the promised land. God's got you a promised land. He's got you a promised place. He's got you some promised things. And discouragement can keep you from crossing into your promise. He had to camp at that edge of that river, and he had to begin to understand what God wanted him to do to get across that river. And here's what God said to him. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God's got a promise for your life. I don't know what that promise is. I know the first promise is salvation. God's got promise for you, for a husband or a wife, for a job. God's got a promise for you for a relationship or a house. God's got a promise for you for an understanding, a full understanding of him. God wants you to walk with him. His promise is with us. His promises never fail. But we can delay those promises by not having the courage or being discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. It can keep you from your promise. First reason not to be discouraged is it can keep you from developing. God wants you to develop. Second reason not to be discouraged is it can keep you from your promise. God's got a promise for you. And it's not just name it and claim it. It's don't be discouraged. Don't grow weary in well-doing. For you in due season will reap a harvest if you don't give up. The third reason not to be discouraged 
is that it can keep you from your blessing. From your blessing. It says in Galatians 6, 9, For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. But just prior to that, it says this in Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. You see, there is a seed time and a harvest. You've got to plant in order to harvest. If you don't plant seeds right now, if you are in the planting business, don't expect a harvest. God's got a blessing for you. And he talks about a harvest. He's trying to put together in this scripture the fact that there is a harvest. And you're, in order to harvest, you've got to plant. And in order to harvest, you've got to water. God's going to give the increase, and then you take the harvest. If you sow discouragement in things, if your outlook is one of discouragement, that's what you're going to reap, discouragement. If you sow to the flesh, all I'm going to do is just please my flesh, and I don't care about the spirit, you're going to feed the flesh, and to that end is destruction. You sow to the spirit, you're going to reap eternal life. Even some of the heroes of the Bible were discouraged, like King David. See what he did about it, and I, and I encourage you, listen. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the souls of the people were grieved, and every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. You're going to face discouragement. The sooner you can say no to discouragement, the sooner you can push it over here where it belongs, you may have to encourage yourself like David did. Here's another example. Famous person, Winston Churchill. Here's what he said. This is a, a, a well-known quote. He said, never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never. In nothing. Great or small, large or petty, never give in. He's saying, don't stop doing good. Keep doing good. Accept to convictions, to honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Winston Churchill. See, the Bible says that Satan is like a roaring lion going to and fro. Seeing who he can destroy. He's wanting to get in every part of your life and destroy it. And one of those cracks, Brian was talking about this morning. He was looking around. Where's the crack? Where's the crack? Where's the crack? No, you got the armor of God. No, you got the, where's the crack? Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Don't let that crack be discouragement. If you're going to be discouraged as quick as you can, get away from that. And start thinking of what God has for you. Development, promise, blessings. He's the accuser. He's a liar and a prince of lies. Don't let him keep you from developing in the Lord. Don't let him stop the promises God has for you. And don't let him stop the blessings God has. So one last look at 6-9. Let us not become weary in doing good. 
for at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Is a harvest a Mercedes? I mean, does God promise us that, you know, that this harvest is just going to rain down a brand new four-door, four-wheel drive, white pickup truck for me? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Is he promised us life without problems? No. Life without sickness? No, no. Doing good is what the scripture says here. It gets us a strong belief in God, a way to make it through. Close that crack of discouragement. Listen to this story. There was a man who was asleep one night in his cabin when suddenly his room filled with light from the presence of God. The Lord told the man he had work for him to do, and the Lord showed him a large rock in front of his cabin. He explained to the man that his job was to push against the rock with all his might, which he did day after day. And for many years he toiled from sunup to sundown, pushing with all of his might against this massive, unmoving rock. And then each night the man returned to his cabin sore and worn out, feeling that his whole day had been spent in vain. Seeing that the man was getting discouraged, that crack, Satan decided to pour salt in the wounds by saying to him, After all these years, and despite your best efforts, the rock hasn't budged. Why keep torturing yourself like this? You're never going to move it. These thoughts disheartened the man even more. Why am I killing myself over this, he thought. I'll just put in my time. I'll give minimal effort. That'll be good enough. But in his wrestling, he decided to take this as a matter of prayer. Lord, he said, I've labored long and hard in your service, putting all my strength into doing what you've asked me. Yet after all this time, I haven't even budged the rock a half a millimeter. What am I doing wrong? Why am I failing? Why am I getting discouraged? The Lord compassionately responded, My friend, long ago I called you to serve me and you accepted. I told you that your task was to push against the rock with all of your might, which you have done. Never once did I mention that I expected you to move it. Your task was to simply push. And now... You come to me with your strength spent, thinking you failed. But is that really true? God said, look at yourself. Your arms are strong. Your back muscled. Your hands are calloused from constant pressure. Your legs have become massive and rock hard. Through opposition and resistance... You have grown much in strength, stamina, and ability. You may not have moved the rock, but remember this. Your calling was to obediently push against the rock, to exercise your faith and trust in my wisdom. This is what you've done well, my friend. So now, 
I'll move the rock for you. Don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. Are you at a point in your life when there's some things you just say, it's not worth it? If you've been thinking about that, about things, things have challenged you, and you've been pushing against something and it doesn't seem to move, you've been trying hard and you've been getting discouraged. I would say this, if that's you, now's the time to begin to think about the next step that this man did, bringing it to God in prayer. Seeing what God has to say about it. And what he may do is, he may change your perspective. He may speak to you about that. He, he wants you to develop. He, he wants you to have your promise. He wants you to have your blessing. He does not want you to give up. God is not a quitting God. God is the same yesterday, today, and always. And he's an encouraging God. He's not a condemning God. He's looking to lift you up and not pull you down. He's looking to bless you and not curse you. If you've been pushing against something and it hadn't been working, you've been straining against something and it just hasn't been working out, commit today to take this in prayer to God and begin to ask Him what it is you need to do, what your perspective needs to be, what your next process should be. And most likely, in the most curious of ways, when you let go of it, God begins to move. God begins to push. God begins to act. Let God have a chance. Don't be discouraged. You can do it. God wants to spend the time with you to explain to you what's going on. He wants you to develop. Kind of joy when you fall into trials. Trying of your faith works patience. Let patience have its perfect work in you so you will be mature, lacking nothing. James 1. My prayer for you today is, that whatever it is you're facing, God will begin to speak to you about it, and you'll realize, I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. Dear God, I thank you today. I thank you, Father, that you can see the things that challenge us in a different light. And that, Father, as we grow and develop, as we continue to do good, let us keep doing good, Father. Keep our eyes on you so that we can reap a harvest and not give up. Thank you, God, for those that have gone ahead of us who have shown that giving up doesn't work, but giving in to you does. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're going to have communion next. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Uh, next, next Sunday is going to be changing clothes. Yeah. Changing clothes. That's what we're going to talk about next Sunday, changing clothes.
Just wear them, for sure. Ah, hallelujah. So what we're going to do now is we're going to have communion. Uh, And if you've given your life to Christ, you're a Christian, you can participate in communion with us. Uh, We're going to have the elements brought out. And as the elements are brought out, if you would hold them until the end, and then we'll all have communion together. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to serve the elements to you. What wondrous love is this, O my soul, O my soul, what wondrous love is this, O my soul.
thank you for your your son we thank you for your life we thank you for what you have done for us we thank you god that through your body and your blood we have everlasting life we thank you god that you gave your son so that we could have eternal life and we thank you god we acknowledge you today in jesus name amen god bless you amen hallelujah Hallelujah. God bless you all. Amen. Amen.